0: 100.7 FM WHIN 1010 AM presents Sumner County Spotlight, a weekly public affairs program each Sunday at 10 AM. Sumner County Spotlight, exclusively by FNM Bank. 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville. FNM Bank offers personal banking, business banking, and mortgage loans too. Right here in Hendersonville, FNM Bank is one of the top independent banks in Tennessee. Member FDIC equal housing lender. MMLS number 518158. Here's your host for Sumner County Spotlight, Tony Richards.
1: Good morning and welcome to Sumner County Spotlight. This Sunday morning, I'm your host, Tony Richards, and we appreciate the sponsorship of F&M Bank at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard, also at myfmbank.com. And this morning, we are pleased to have as our guest, Steve Doremus. He is the Executive Director of United Way of Sumner County, and he's also uh, done lots of things, I understand, including something to do with this radio station. Good morning, Steve. Morning,
0: Tony. Good to be here.
1: How are you? Doing great. Good. Well, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself. Where are you from originally?
0: I'm originally from Inglewood in East Nashville. Went to Stratford High School, left from there and went to Tennessee Tech University like most people, started out in engineering and then ended up with a journalism degree.
1: Oh, wait a minute. You didn't tell me you knew about engineering. We could use your help. <laughs> no, not that much. That's
0: the reason I ended up with a journalism degree. So
1: so you went to journalism degree, and uh, was it always uh, news or sports or just writing? What was it that really...
0: Typically interested? news. I was on the news side. I had a real passion for the space program, which I got growing up as a child and mm-hmm. uh, had the opportunity in 1985 when I was at Tennessee Tech to get press credentials and cover a shuttle launch down at Kennedy space center in Florida. And it was actually the launch, uh, just prior to the challenger accident. Oh, man! and so came back to school that January and was working on the school paper. And, uh, had the it opportunity gives you a whole to, lot of
1: different perspective when you actually see one of those launches live and then to see about the catastrophe that That's happened. right. And
0: so I took my experience, having just been down there uh, when the Challenger accident happened, wrote a column for the paper and ended up being recognized nationally for that column. And that Great. really got me down the path of journalism and told me that's where I needed to be. So right. I was fortunate to cover five more shuttle launches during my career and uh, in different capacities. So that's still a passion of mine, but that's really what got me hooked into journalism was – writing that column and knowing that I could actually accomplish those kinds of things with my writing.
1: Right, that's wonderful. And then so that led you to other things in your career? Graduated
0: from Tennessee Tech in 1990, came to work in Gallatin in 1991 at the News Examiner in Gallatin, the old three-day-a-week newspaper that used to be there, and became news editor and held that position for five years.
1: How many people were at that at its peak? How many were...
0: Well, in the newsroom, I think we probably had uh, five people total, including uh, a photographer, full-time photographer, and uh, three full-time staff writers and news editor, and then the uh, managing editor.
1: But you did you know a lot more than just Gallatin, I'm assuming. I, mean, I actually covered county stuff. And, I
0: covered the county beat for the most part. I covered yeah. Sumner County Schools, Sumner County Commission all of its associated committees. I did crime in courts. I spent many a day sitting in a courtroom uh, on the and square you can, in Gallatin. You can learn
1: a lot about all those different things, too. You though. can. It was,
0: it was cool. a great experience because at the small-town newspaper like that, you learned a little bit of everything. I was... Yeah, you know, a photographer. I was a writer. I was a layout and design person. So yeah, you and to everything do it all.
1: was evolving and evolving and evolving. It was. That
0: was still back in the day before desktop publishing. So you actually printed out your stories on photographic paper and, and had to cut and paste your
1: pictures and and uh, put wax on the back of the copy and
0: know? and paste it up on a big um, uh, drafting board. So yeah, a lot I different than it is days. today. We crazy? actually right before I left there in '95 put out the first desktop edition of that newspaper and that was uh, a huge transition for us it allowed us to start printing color photos on a regular basis right. and things like that but uh, back in the day we were still shooting black and white photos in the early 90s and developing where did they pictures. actually
1: print it at? did they print it we, downtown nashville or no or we printed in gallatin we did had a had a
0: press there we could actually do full color uh, on the presses there at the news examiner and printed that paper and the Star News in Hendersonville. We were sister papers. So What they ever those do with the, the
1: press, I wonder? I couldn't yeah. tell you.
0: I, they could still be sitting down there, for all I know, in the uh-huh. abandoned building. But uh, yeah. it was a, a big operation. We'd you know, have people there printing uh, all night.
1: And so what happened? Did they, did they were just bought just out? Just economics,
0: like- I guess. I mean, eventually that paper was bought out by Gannett, which owns the Tennessean in Nashville. And uh, um, just changing market dynamics, I suppose, led to the mm-hmm. closure of the two local papers that were part of that system. Right.
1: Okay. And uh, then you did that. Now you find yourself, you said, in 95-ish? In uh, late
0: 95, I was approached by the current superintendent of schools at that time, Dr. LaVon Hubbard. He wanted to start a uh, communications PR department at Sumner County Schools. So I took Mm -hmm. that position, actually created that position, got it stood up.
1: Which is growing and growing and growing. It still uh, is.
0: Probably had about 18,000 students then, and I guess they're getting closer to 30,000 now. So a lot different school system now than when I started there in 95. it? It is. I mean, our county uh, statistically probably grows about half an elementary school each and every year, and has for twenty years or more. So the the growth in our school system and throughout the community uh, is has been nonstop for a long time.
1: So when when that sort of transition time was happening, were you concerned about what you what opportunities you might have, or were all those relationships you built with all of those different facets really something that you know everybody knew you, they they knew you were a good guy, and you had some opportunities come your way.
0: I had a lot of contacts and, and felt comfortable going to work at the school system, but it was a new position there, and there was a little trepidation uh, amongst school district folks about having a spokesperson come in. And, um, <laughs> yeah. How was well, that going to work? Well, better
1: to control the message than, uh, sure. than to let it control you, I suppose. But at that
0: time in 95, end of 95, the writing was on the wall that the Internet was starting to become something that was a big deal. And you were uh, probably
1: pretty familiar with that kind of stuff at the time, really. I mean, learning, putting in the new uh, – software and hardware at the paper
0: sure and the writing was on the wall for me that small town newspapers were going Mm -hmm. to end up on the decline and it was a good time Mm -hmm. to get out of that business and and get into the other side of the business where i was answering questions instead of asking them
1: so you know you're sort of building this thing out from scratch where did you know how did you know what to do did you get a hold of some other school systems and how do you guys do it and
0: I was very fortunate there's a a big national association of school communicators and uh, we formed one in Tennessee that I was fortunate enough to lead during during its first year Um, and a lot of sharing and what we would call steal without guilt you didn't have to reinvent the wheel you always borrowed from what someone else had done and
1: yeah this works this doesn't not repeat their
0: mistakes and share best practices and those kinds of things so it was a great experience 12 years there worked with three different superintendents during my time at the school system finally left there in uh, 2007
1: yeah i mean gosh you had to build databases and things from scratch oh it was it was
0: fun because i'm a numbers guy i like looking at the trends in the enrollment and i'd keep a big massive spreadsheet 25 years of enrollment history and things like that and uh course every year that's the first question the press asks after school opens is what's our enrollment this year how much are we growing
1: so you want to have an answer
0: we always were ready for that i I carried around what i called my bible which was a, a notebook that had statistics on every school building we had when it was built when additions were put on it what's the square footage of roofing and
1: man that was nice to have handy
0: oh yeah it was a it was a great resource that i i didn't leave home without because you
1: always knew what questions you'd get asked i'm assuming
0: tried to i tried to anticipate those but for instance we had a a, a straight line winds take the roof off a school here in hendersonville Mm -hmm. uh, at nannyberry elementary one day well i had the notebook in my car so when the press came and said well, when was this building constructed? You were ready. I already. had that at my fingertips.
1: Yeah, that's pretty amazing. So you do have to, you know, be prepared, and sure. then you know, working with the superintendent and the other executives, you know, here's what's going to happen, and you can kind of plan out, you know, if you're rolling out a new school or you're doing a new program somewhere, and there's messages you do want to get out.
0: I'm there assuming. are, and that that was something new for us was being able to not dictate, but at least steer the message in, in directions that we wanted it to go. Sure. Yeah, But, you know, my, my number one policy in that role as spokesperson was to always be straight up and honest with the media. Uh, we we weren't going to spin things and uh, mislead the press about what was going on. Because when you when you do something like that, instead of a yeah. story lasting one day, it yeah, ends exactly. up going through five, six. Do you want this
1: to go away quick? Then just be honest, be upfront right. and get it over so with. So we
0: would take our medicine on the bad days and we would uh, toot our own horns on the good day.
1: Any, uh, any particular weird ones that, you know, because you don't know what's going to happen when you go to work. And then all of a sudden something weird happens, and you've got to deal with it. Uh, any tough ones that you can recall?
0: Not really Is tough it? ones. We, I mean, we had bad days. A day a tornado came through the county and affected schools over at Station Camp. Uh, mm-hmm. That was a relatively new complex over there. But uh, when I arrived that day, um, that tornado you know took out a big portion of Vall State Community College, the car dealers across the street, mm-hmm. and went over towards Station Camp. And I got there, and there were just students standing in the parking lot, their cars with windows blown out of them, and all of that just crying. And uh, just freaked out. And that was one of those days when they say, you know, you're not supposed to get emotionally attached with your story and that. I I, I hugged more kids that day than I ever have in my life. Oh, yeah. Well, that goes
1: beyond what your job was. I mean, mean, that was a traumatic
0: experience for everybody involved. But I remember driving back to our central office that night at the school district and driving down Nashville Pike and going past Vol State and – those destroyed car dealerships actually saw a it's hard car in a arm. tree.
1: I know it's hard to get your arms around that. Isn't that it? was
0: literally my impression of what it was like to drive through a war zone. I mean, it yeah. was because there were there were no lights, no electricity, and just devastation as far as you could see. Crazy. So that was the the hardest day we had, but that was the best day of work I think I've ever had as far as a team coming together and how we handled that at the school district. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some of the best people I've ever worked with in my life were on that team.
1: So you were uh, with the school. 10, 12 years. 12 ish. years. Yeah, yeah. from yeah.
0: Um, 95 to 2007.
1: Okay. Well, we're talking with Steve Doremus. He's currently the executive director of the United Way of Sumner County. We're going to come back and find out a little bit more about the career and kind of what led him up here to, I can't even believe it's 2020, but I guess it is. And here we are. <laughs> and we're going to come back with more of Sumner County Spotlight right after this from F&M Bank and our other fine sponsors. We are back with Sumner County Spotlight this Sunday morning, and our guest today is Steve Doremus, the executive director of United Way of Sumner County. And uh, Steve, we were talking about uh, uh, your job with the schools, and you did that for a long time and sort of created that position, which probably has more than one person in that position by now, I would
0: think. I don't know. I really couldn't tell you, but probably so. It's
1: got to be growing. Um, And so... What was next in the in your career?
0: I took a position in Nashville for about three years, working with a statewide uh, association that involved education. And after that short three year period, there ended up back in Sumner County and took a job with United Way and september of 2011 and is that something you just since.
1: did like most people that i talked to you just didn't want to do the commute or <laughs> that was a big
0: part of it a big part of yeah. it but it's um, brutal it was good to come back to sumner county where i had a lot of contacts had you know 20 years of folks that i knew and getting involved with united way was a, a good fit for me because of my experience from one end of the county to the other because we are a county-wide nonprofit serving people from one end of the county to the other
1: right but a wholly
0: different type of position fundraising and and doing some of the work that i've been doing for the last nine years now was a complete transition for me so starting from scratch yeah it's not easy it's not it's not it was much easier at the school system to sell a tax increase to the public than it is to go out and fundraise i say that all the time yeah (laughs) so that
1: gives you an idea how fun it is that's how hard it is i should at least say what so what kind of shape was it in uh, nine years ago when you began and how, how are we doing today
0: it's evolving because the landscape of, of charitable giving is changing. Uh, United Way was basically built on workplace um, oh, participation campaigns in, in, right, through, right. through uh, payroll deduction. Right. And United Way across the country basically invented the payroll deduction mm-hmm. many, many years ago. But today we're seeing less and less engagement in that way and more engagement with individuals because, as you know, everything that happens today is on a handheld personal device Mm -hmm. and so we're having to change our marketing change the way we reach people change the demographics of who we're talking to in order to maintain relevant and effective in the community but our our big goal is simply to create positive change across sumner county and we try to position ourselves as the hub of a network that connects donors advocates and volunteers with businesses and companies and partner agencies that provide youth and health and assistance to individuals Mm -hmm. that are in need across the county so that's sort of our model is that we're we're the hub of that network and we're trying to bring all the stakeholders together to build our community into a better place
1: is the uh, payroll deduction still an option for people? It is. is we still it,
0: have many workplace campaigns. It's just that,
1: an easy way for people to give. It is. And you'd make this commitment, and then you don't. we'll take care of the rest kind of thing, right?
0: And we talk about Sumner County Schools. They're the biggest workplace campaign for our United Way in the county. Mm-hmm. Employees at Sumner County Schools donated $178,000 this past year. That is amazing. And you want to talk about how things have changed from nine years ago? That campaign in 2011
1: was $39,000. So imagine if we can get some of these bigger corporations to do that same type of program inside their their, uh, their businesses. The companies
0: we work with that allow us to come in and talk to their employees are are really strong campaigns. We have those throughout the community, different supermarkets, banks, Mm -hmm. uh, factories up in Portland and in Hendersonville and Gallatin. Uh, So a lot of those traditional campaigns are still in place and still do great work in our community with their involvement through United Way.
1: So in the United Way and and these people donate for a reason, you know, one uh, I think everybody in their nature wants to help, but they may not know how. Number one, number two, you have to convince them whether it's their place of business or whatever that this is a place where we vet, we make sure your dollars are going the right how how do you convince folks of what you're doing? and that their donations and their dollars are going to the right places.
0: The biggest thing for us is that I don't get to make any decisions as to where our money goes. Mm -hmm. That's a community process. So we have 32 different partner agencies that provide services in four different areas, education, financial stability, health, and rebuilding lives. Each of those four focus areas has a panel of eight volunteers that hears presentations from agencies seeking funding every year. Those committees look at the results and the plans for the coming year and determine what's the best use of United Way dollars, and they allocate those dollars through that process. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a community-based process based on community needs, and that's where our dollars go. So when we go out and make the pitch, give to our United Way, we can list our partner agencies, the work that they do, but we also say – the community makes these decisions. It's not coming from a corporate headquarters right, in D.C. Right.
1: Everybody's got to say so when they're doing Or this. even
0: from my desk. You know, every donor, You know, most of our larger workplace campaigns have representation on our board of directors. We have a local board of directors made up of 21 people. Hospital CEOs, for instance, Susan Peach, Sumner Regional Medical mm-hmm. Center. We have leadership from uh, TriStar Hendersonville Medical Center always on our board. Different factories like uh, ITWCIP and Gallatin. Uh, different places, but we have a good cross-section of the county. Uh, Representative William Lamberth is on our board of directors. Yeah, so it's a local great. organization so, being run by local people. people
1: that can implement things and people that know other people that can, uh, can make sure these dollars are spent wisely. And what
0: people don't realize sometimes is how small our actual day-to-day organization is. We have a staff of four people. Mm-hmm. Uh, myself and our chief development officer, Aaron Birch, are full-time then we have a part-time finance manager and Danielle Robinson, and our projects coordinator Tony Dew is also part-time. So that's it, and we raise close to a million dollars a year and support 32 agencies with those four people. But it's because of the number of volunteers and other people that get involved with us that make that happen.
1: Yeah, that's amazing. So um, you went in around, do you say 2007
0: ish? 2011. I went to work 11. At okay. Way. So
1: okay. Oh, that's right. You had the three-year gig down there. Um, so. Yeah, we were kind of crawling out of the 2008 nightmare by then, but probably just starting to. So how challenging was that?
0: Well, the first campaign that I worked on was the 2011 campaign, and it raised $715,000, which was a record for our United Way. Uh, Two years ago, we reached our high-level mark of $967,000. Took a step back this past year. We were down about 60000 raised 907000 But still eyeing that million-dollar mark and trying to get past that threshold because we think once we get there and past it, it'll open up a whole lot of new opportunities for us
1: so is that a goal that you're out uh letting folks know about is there like a campaign like let's get to a million or is there you know a marketing campaign that's a big that's
0: part of it to- our board actually set our goal this year at 1 million 20 20 so that's <laughs> uh my board has a a great sense of humor but that's yeah. that's our target for this year but more important than the dollar. We're not a numbers organization. We're a people organization. We're about mm-hmm. local people helping local people.
1: And the money will come if you do that. That's that's the way it That's I exactly think about right. And so know.
0: what we've been talking about more this year instead of the goal is what are the needs in the community? What causes mm-hmm. us to exist? What creates the need for the 32 partner agencies that we're involved with. Yeah,
1: because, I mean, if all you do is go out and talk about money, then people are like, well, you know, are you really genuine and are you really interested in helping?
0: Yeah, Hmm. and this past year we were fortunate to partner with United Ways across the state to commission a study of economic hardship in Tennessee. And that study has given us real data to talk about as opposed to just anecdotal stories of what the needs are in the community. You know, Mm -hmm. we know there's homelessness in Sumner County. A lot of folks don't realize that. We have up to 180 students in our school district every day that are classified as homeless. Wow. Uh,
1: And they're just not as visible as in Nashville. It's not like you'd go down
0: Ellington Parkway in Nashville and see the tent city under the bridges and things like that. But Mm -hmm. they do, you know, homelessness does exist in this community. Food insecurity exists here. Um, Our senior citizens in many cases, struggle in this community. But people don't see that. things like that. Yeah, we have a strong Meals on Wheels program here that works with our seniors to make sure that they're getting nutritious food and getting checked on, you know, every couple of days. Sometimes
1: it's just, hey, how you doing? That's right. Yeah.
0: So a lot of those kinds of programs are in place, but we're talking about the real economic need in this community. You know, across Tennessee, 39% of households are struggling to make ends meet. Uh, Across the state, there's 15% poverty in Tennessee. Hmm. But then there's 24%, what we refer to as the ALICE population. ALICE stands for Asset Limited, Income Constrained, but Employed. So these are working individuals, Mm -hmm. many times working more than one job, but they still aren't getting the income that it takes to make ends meet. Yeah,
1: because it's so expensive, the expenses are just going up and up and up. And and
0: affordable housing is the number one issue that we hear in this community each and every day from our partner agencies. There Mm -hmm. is a real lack and need for affordable housing in Sumner County. And from that stems many other things. If you're spending a much bigger portion of your budget to keep a roof over your head, you're not able to buy the food that you need or the prescription medicines that you need. So a th- lot of households in this county are having tough discussions at the breakfast table every morning. Mm-hmm. Am I going to be able to buy you a backpack for school this year? Or am I going to have to buy, use that money to buy uh, prescription medications to make sure your asthma doesn't flare up in the middle of the school day? You know, right. These folks in this Alice population are not putting $1 away for unexpected emergencies or a family vacation or to go to the movie theater. They're just struggling to keep food on the table and the heat on during the winter.
1: Man, And there are programs and things that you can do to help them or connect them to the right people.
0: Sure. And the great thing about our study, and we can talk about it in in a minute, is that we got detailed data on what that is. Uh, economic severity is in different communities across the county. So we've got really? some okay. county so numbers it, it, and know, community numbers.
1: you can't numbers. just uh, cookie cutter what happens in Westmoreland and Hendersonville could be completely different needs.
0: And that's one of the things I learned working in the school system is that the cost of living in Hendersonville compared to Westmoreland or Portland They're Mm -hmm. not identical. Right. And a lot of government assistance. So the
1: solutions aren't going to be identical.
0: Sure. And a lot of government assistance programs are based on the federal poverty level, which is the exact same whether you live in San Francisco or Anniston, Alabama Hmm. or Bethpage, Tennessee. So that's not a good measure of economic stability or or what people can afford.
1: You have to have a ground game and know what's really going on.
0: So this ALICE study that we commissioned that we are now going out talking about a lot really gives us a detailed cost analysis of what the cost of living is in our various communities and across the 95 counties in Tennessee.
1: Man, so this data is just constantly pouring in, and you've got to kind of
0: sift through it. And sure, and talking about you know Tennessee, fifteen percent poverty. Well, in Sumner County, we're better off than that. We only have nine percent poverty in Sumner County. Mm-hmm. Our Alice population here is twenty-one percent. So a total of thirty percent of our households are struggling to make ends meet. It's well not is a
1: conversation; that- it just hangs over your head. You can't sleep. You, you know, it's very stressful. And then I think that probably causes other issues, mental health issues, and other things.
0: And one of the things we're trying to instigate is a community conversation. Is that 30% economic struggle, is that a bad number? Is that a problem? Or is it something that we just need to live with? And so we're trying to start that conversation, because if the community decides that is a problem, Mm -hmm. then we can come together and start finding common solutions to try to address those issues. But until we put the numbers out there and people realize that 30% of our households are struggling in this community, then we can't do anything about it. Well, and if 30% of
1: the households are struggling in this economy, imagine what will happen if things start downturning.
0: And it's great that you said that. I did a presentation at the Hendersonville Rotary Club on Wednesday of this week, and that was the last line of my presentation. Yeah. These are being pitched as some of the best economic times in history. So if we've got one-third of our population struggling, what's going to happen during the next recession, which we all know is going to come? The economy oh, yeah. is cyclic. Yep. We can't stay on this growth curve forever. So, yeah, what does happen then? How big does that number grow, and what's going to be acceptable for our community?
1: We are talking with Steve Doremus, the executive director of United Way of Sumner County, and we're going to come back with more of the program here on Sumner County Spotlight in just a moment. Welcome back to Sumner County Spotlight this Sunday morning here on WHIN. We're talking with Steve Doremus, the executive director of United Way of Sumner County. We were kind of uh, touching on subjects where, you know, when you start looking at things globally and you have all these statistics um, you know, it's not one size fits all. It's not a cookie cutter approach because, you know, even communities within uh, Sumner County, and Anthony Holt and I were talking about this a couple weeks ago, it's very unusual to have a county like this with 200,000 people in it and having so many large communities usually you know you got maybe one maybe two in a big county even Williamson doesn't have that many huge
0: um, right places. yeah five incorporated cities not to mention the larger communities that are not yeah. incorporated so here cities. we
1: are you know Hendersonville Gallatin Portland Whitehouse Goodlettsville I mean this is a uh, quite a little uh, bit that you've got to sift through and figure out the needs in Goodlettsville might not be the same needs as in Bethpage or wherever I mean
0: absolutely not and we do see um, a disparity from one end of the county to the other, as far as what the different needs are, but the one constant is that there are needs in every community. For instance, mm-hmm. we were talking about the a- Alice data, the asset-limited, income-constrained, employed population. When you combine that with the poverty population in Hendersonville, it's higher than the county average. Thirty-one percent combined Alice and poverty in the Hendersonville community, and Gallatin, that number goes all the way up to forty-three percent. Wow! One of the best areas of the county is Cotton Town. Their combined Alice and poverty population is only seven percent of the households. So not well, something the households
1: that are changing there. With the new school coming in and everything else, it's gonna change that community. So some but, of
0: the things that this study has taught us is that what's intuitive doesn't actually Mm-hmm. come to fruition when we actually look at the numbers, look at the real right. data as to and what's going on. And don't judge a book
1: by its cover. When, That's you, just absolutely because you right. drive through something, doesn't. oh, everything looks great. Well, wait a minute. Or, boy, everything looks terrible, and maybe it's not as bad. Right. So you just never know.
0: And you know, we talk about you know Hendersonville, a real thriving community. A lot of big things happening in Hendersonville have been for years. But they still have uh, low-income schools, Title I schools, with mm-hmm. high populations of students on free and reduced lunch. People some, don't see that on a day-to-day day basis. And,
1: yeah, I mean, all communities have blighted areas. And but, so yeah. we
0: know that there are needs throughout the community, and that's the job of United Way is to create that positive impact that lift up individuals, and as you add those together, lift up our entire community and make us stronger.
1: So you you assess all this stuff. You get together with the board. You talk about here's the areas uh, and the issues in each community by issue and by community. Is it ever overwhelming? It's like, how can we, you know, we can't do everything, but what can you do?
0: One of the most interesting things is we talked about the allocation presentations that our agencies come in and do in front of volunteers every year. We have new volunteers that are part of that process. That's typically a six to eight hour day of listening to presentations Mm -hmm. that say, these are some of the issues our agency deals with. Sometimes there are clients that come and give testimonials about how they've been helped when people walk out of those presentation days after six or eight hours of hearing what the needs are in the community, they're drained the first time because they really don't realize the level of need throughout our community. So we encourage people to get involved in that process.
1: And you said you rotate through those people because you get a different perspective every time. If you have the same six, 10 people listen to the same pitches every year, you may get the same result. And, And I think it's good that you're bringing different viewpoints in
0: and that's one of the things when i became director of our united way almost two years ago now and um good grief 2018 you, you,
1: you don't want to start you know a bunch of favoritism or oh i know
0: them, we really know. got it's a, a lot human
1: of nature thing to do because you know them and you want to help them but wait a minute there's lots of needs
0: aaron birch on our team has done a great job of recruiting new volunteers to be a part of that process so the last three years we've probably replaced or not replaced, but through attrition, gotten about 20% of new volunteers each year. So it's a lot different group looking at those presentations and hearing those funding requests than it was, say, four or five years ago.
1: Yeah, so even when you started to now, um, the people that are coming in and and, uh, asking for help, uh, how's that changed over the last five, seven
0: years our organization being the hub of this network i keep talking about we really only get maybe seven or eight calls a week uh, people looking for assistance and we don't provide direct assistance but we do refer that's just
1: them not really understanding the role sure and so
0: we refer them to the appropriate partner agency but Mm -hmm. if we don't have an agency that is going to be able to meet their needs there's a great collaborative across middle tennessee called 211 which is a middle tennessee helpline Mm -hmm. call it just like you used to do information on your phone you dial 211 you get connected to a trained professional who can assess your situation and direct you to the assistance that you need. They mm-hmm. maintain a database of about 10,000 nonprofit organizations in Middle Tennessee that help people uh, alleviate issues that they're dealing with. It's so amazing. we refer a lot of folks if to two one one. one understood
1: how many people want to help out there, and some of them fly below the radar, you may not even know they're around. You probably do.
0: <laughs> well, and then <laughs> you know? there's always a segment of the population that needs help but is never going to ask for it. And that's true. So. You know, there's that unseen part of the population that is struggling, that's never going to seek assistance, you know, going to maintain their pride and do it on their own. Mm -hmm. And what we try to tell folks all the time is that there's assistance out there you don't know about that you really would benefit from and try to get people to make that call to 211.
1: I think, you know, after they've done everything they can think that they can do and talk to every family member for help. And they just have nowhere else to turn. That's probably when your phone rings. And I think I wonder if people realize what kind of a state of mind folks are in when that does happen. And that's, and a, that's sensitive, a big part of it. Sensitive time. We're talking very emotional, and you know, who knows?
0: And most of the calls that do come into our office looking for help are emotional, and mm-hmm. they're tough calls to take to be able to you know to have to say, you know, we can't help you with that directly, but let me connect you to someone who can.
1: Because right. it sounds like you're pushing them off, and you want them to know that you're not really doing that, but you don't disperse funds directly.
0: And that's the great thing about the team we've got in our office now is that they're very compassionate people. Yeah. Everyone are, And, on you know, if you follow team,
1: up with them, they're probably, oh, okay, well, maybe he does care. You
0: yeah, know. everyone on our team really cares about what we do. It's not just a paycheck for any of us. Mm-hmm. You know, my history is I was raised by uh, a father who was a victim of polio and was crippled his whole life. Mm-hmm. And his recovery and his rehab and all those things that allowed him to uh, have a family was accomplished through a nonprofit organization in Nashville called the Junior League Home, where donors' dollars and volunteers' time you know, would wipe the sweat off his forehead when he was in an iron lung to help him breathe right. and to carry him to the swimming pool so he could learn how to walk on crutches, rebuild his strength. So community helping itself, people helping each other, is hugely important to me because I wouldn't be here without it. My father would have probably died from his polio.
1: But, do you but, think that that's one of the things that actually drove you into this? Um, do you think you would have ended up in a nonprofit role in your career at some point? Because you, you, know, you were like the rest of us. We just you know, have a career. We, we do what we do. And you're so busy and focused on what you're doing, you sort of forget about the community around you.
0: I'm a firm believer that um, you're led to where you need to be and so Mm -hmm. i don't know that i ever had it cross my mind that this is what i would be doing but i ended up here for a reason and i truly believe that and so that's that's what gets me up and into the office every day is that Mm -hmm. there's a purpose for me being here and i don't need to let people down we need to go in and make sure that we accomplish everything we can to improve this community
1: well like you said there's so many organizations that are out there to help people how the heck do you keep track of them and how do you find out about new ones do they reach out to you or do you just have to kind of keep your ear to the ground to know what's going on.
0: The great thing about our United Way is that no one who's getting funding this year is guaranteed funding for next year. So it's that annual review process. What have you accomplished? What do you want to accomplish? And then we go through a process in typically in December called the letter of intent process. So an agency that's not getting funding from us can apply to be accepted into our yeah, program. So that way considered. there's
1: no expectation you know oh i get this every year from them well right. there's no guarantees about anything no it's based you on your performance this every single year we're
0: an outcomes-based funder so you've got to prove that you took the dollars hard-earned dollars of our donors and accomplished something with it and that's mm-hmm. part of that annual review process presentation process what did you do with the dollars you got last year what do you want for next year and how are you going to use those dollars and, and is it meeting a, a real need it is and it's all volunteer driven volunteer based so that gives you a, a good idea of the quality of folks that are part of our United Way network that are involved with us. These people care about their community. Mm-hmm. They go do site visits at these partner agencies, find out are they, you know, high-quality organizations, are they accomplishing what they say they're accomplishing, come back, spend a full day in that um, presentation process. So it's a real investment of time for those 32 volunteers that are a part of that process every year.
1: Um what uh, oh gosh, there's so many different things I'm going to ask you. And now that's you're leading me down like a whole another road. Um, what is the best time of the year for you guys to raise your funds? I mean, what are typically the trends and how this works? Is it always around the holidays when people are in sort of a giving mood? What how does that work?
0: I talked about United Way creating the um, payroll deduction and workplace giving many many years ago, decades ago. Mm-hmm. We still have most of our campaigns take place in the traditional campaign season, which runs from Labor Day to Thanksgiving. That's when we are out at businesses making presentations, talking to employees, encouraging them to give. So that's still the heart of our fundraising operation. But the thing that's happened in the last nine years is we've gone from being a seasonal fundraiser to a year-round fundraiser. Mm -hmm. We've added events. We've got a big event coming up in March that we'll talk about a little later. We do a golf tournament in the spring that's a fundraiser for us. Some of our workplaces no longer use the traditional calendar for their campaigns. We're doing a big campaign at uh Trust our Hendersonville Medical Center starting next week, where that used to take place in the fall with everybody else, but okay. it's more year-round engagement now, year-round giving. So the focus is moving from that Three month period in the fall to right. more year round engagement because yeah.
1: which was and and that three three month period was really a national tradition for United Way right? absolutely like, you know because they would do national marketing campaigns as I recall everybody would have their giant thermometers well you remember in the, the and, NFL games always yeah you know yeah um, big partner give
0: to your United Way um, mm-hmm. I can't even remember the tagline now but um, mm-hmm. I remember Troy Aikman and all the big football stars would would do a PSA for united way each and every year and you'd see those during the nfl season so Mm -hmm. there was a lot of piggybacking on that uh with local united ways because each united way is independent uh we decide what agencies we fund as far as our board of directors and those things we're not told who we have to support who we can't support or any of those things
1: what commitment do you have to make to the national organization
0: uh, right now, we give them one penny of every dollar we raise, and that allows us to use the United Way branding, get access to U- okay. United Way training, and those things. Well, that's, that's actually that's gonna, pretty darn reasonable. <laughs> and that's going to actually go up to uh, two pennies on the dollar starting in July. But mm-hmm. in return, we're getting access to a national digital giving system that united way has invested so it'll be
1: easier for people to give that's
0: cool and we'll be able to reach more individuals as opposed to being based on that workplace model
1: well this is the world of social media and one-on-one communication you know
0: and so that's going to be our return on that additional investment with united way which for us that would have cost us about 60 grand a year to subscribe to that kind of service now we're going to get it for only one penny of every dollar we raise which is about nine thousand dollars a year
1: how about uh, how much if somebody gives money to United Way actually goes to the management of United Way in Sumner County?
0: Our management fee, our overhead fee is about 15%, and that funds our staff, our our building, our pledge forms, uh, everything. everything you can imagine. What people don't realize is when we say we raised $907,000 last year, most of those pledges are through payroll deduction. So what happens if a person leaves their job in the middle of the year. right? They don't finish paying off that pledge. So that number y- usually so about, doesn't
1: go up as the year goes on. It kind of can dwindle a little just because of life and things happening.
0: From what we announced as our campaign, there's about last year 9.25% of that is never realized or never collected uh, because gotcha. people change jobs. Yeah. And what you might find surprising is that as the economy is better and there's more competition for workers, people are changing jobs more often. So a better economy means our uncollectible pledges actually goes up.
1: Yeah, and unless you can really stay on them and keep them committed to you. Oh, changing jobs, you know, hey, don't forget to take us with you. But if they're doing
0: it through payroll deduction where it's something they don't have to think about and they go to an employer that doesn't have that,
1: (laughs) yeah, yeah, uh, that
0: makes it tougher. But that's where this new digital contact with individuals is going to come in. We can keep track of these people and stay in touch with them even after they do change jobs. Just some
1: touch points throughout the year, yeah. Okay, well, we're talking with Steve Doremus, the executive director of United Way of Sumner County. Here on Sumner County Spotlight on this Sunday morning, And we will be back with more of our program following these messages. Good morning and welcome back to Sumner County Spotlight. I'm with Tony Richards with uh, our guest today, Steve Doremus, executive director of the United Way of Sumner County. And Steve, uh, let's see, we're into 2020 now
0: can you believe it it's um, here sure already you
1: have a, a busy calendar all year long what's coming up next
0: the big thing for us coming up is our bloom and bash gala and auction which is our signature fundraising event and that takes place on friday night march 6th at long hollow gardens in gallatin okay. uh, we're fortunate the scott family donates the use of their beautiful facility for our gala every year Wonderful. so that's a, a big contribution to the organization our community that the scott family makes every year but uh, the event is from 6 to 10 p.m it includes a cocktail hour and dinner uh, live and silent auctions, live music, and just a, a so good night. Well, a place to
1: have fun. Get a group of folks. You it's know, a night six, of fun and fun If you work so much and you don't have time to have fun and uh help out a great cause, this might be kind of a fun thing.
0: Absolutely. uh Tickets are seventy-five dollars a piece. And of course, we're still looking for sponsors. We've got uh, great presenting sponsors already lined up. Still need a few more. But this event raised about forty-five thousand dollars in proceeds for us last year, and we hope to be above fifty thousand this year. It's a a huge night for us. But uh, through the donations of the community we always have a great live and silent auction we had about 188 guests last year we hope to be up above 200 this year wow so that'd be fun it, it, it is it's a beautiful facility uh right at the beginning of spring a lot of greenery and flowers to get and out of the like house that. after winter absolutely and, yeah. absolutely well and
1: with your uh Background, you could probably do the uh, emceeing yourself, can't
0: you? Well, we've done some of that. We're going to try to get away from talking as much this year from ourselves and invite Mm -hmm. folks to talk that have benefited from United Way services. Great idea. It's time to let those who are involved with us start telling our story because— yeah, you know, Coming from the news business, what the reporter says isn't important, but you get a quote in the first three paragraphs that gives your story credibility. Yeah. So we're going to start building our credibility with testimonials from folks that are involved with us, whether it's a business owner or a business community leader or an individual who receives services from one of our partner agencies. Uh, there are so many great stories out there about how United Way has impacted lives in a positive way, and we're going to start trying to let folks tell those stories on our behalf.
1: Absolutely. So how do you uh, – let's talk about the marketing of the organization sure. and getting the word out and staying – like you said, it's not just a seasonal fundraising organization anymore. You're out all year long, so – the job for you is to keep United Way in people's uh, forefront of their mind. How does that work?
0: And we're actually going through a total rebranding of our organization here locally, trying to focus on what's important. Um, and what we've come down to is is a simple phrase, creating positive impact in the community. That's who we are and that's what we're about. And we're trying to bring folks together with that common goal. Mm-hmm. And so we are totally going to rebrand all of our print collateral, our website, all those things with that focus and asking folks to get involved with us. Help us make a a positive impact throughout the community.
1: So your plan is to be a lot more in the forefront than maybe you have been because it sounds like you've just been kind of getting everything organized. You've got a lot on your plate that is sort of behind the front door that people can't see that you're doing. Um, And, you know, sometimes you can lose focus of where we need to be to keep raising money, and that's we need to be on the front porch, you know, singing our song and letting people know what you're there doing.
0: It's the old catch line that sometimes you get so busy trying to keep your job that you forget to do your job and our job is to look into the future and project what it's going to take to keep us relevant and keep helping more and more people each and every year and the more
1: funds you have the easier it's going to be to help more organizations to keep your name out because you got to carve out some of that money to people forget you know it's it's not free to um, advertise and market yourself you have to keep that um you know put your name on anything you can i suppose
0: When people give to our United Way, we're we're moving more towards the mindset of it's an investment. It's not a donation. It's an investment in Sumner County. Mm -hmm. And what we need to be able to do is show the return on investment to our donors. Make sure that they see that when they give to us that it is truly impacting people's lives in a positive way. And the best way to do that is let those folks tell their stories. And well, and, with the, that-
1: you know, as good as you are with stats and, and numbers and everything, you know, you have this data to give them. Because, you know, the commitment could be a partnership with the United Way. It could be cash. It could be allowing you to come in and talk to their employee force or th- something like that. But it's a concrete way of helping your community so that you know that you are helping instead of just this nebulous, ah, you know, here's a little bit of dough, see you later, you know, kind of a thing. You want these relationships, I'm assuming.
0: It is, and that's what it's all about. It's, it's relationships, and we talk about mass marketing and trying to reach, but the most effective way to get our message across is still one-on-one, mm-hmm. just like the conversation you and I are having right. today.
1: Give us some time. But to with, you like you said,
0: nearly 200,000 people in this county, that's a lot of individual conversations. So our network is based on getting our volunteers our board members our donors up to speed on who we are and what we're doing and let them go out and multiply that message of one-on-one contacts that's a good
1: idea because otherwise you're out of sight out of mind and they're not going to think wait a minute
0: i mean the traditional you know thinking of the only way something can go viral is on facebook or twitter we can go viral with people Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't have to be through the electronic transmission of the message. Right. It can We can go viral with one-on-one conversations, and that's mm-hmm. what we're going to try to accomplish.
1: Well, you know, in a weird way, and people think that you're not in competition because, you know, you're the big United Way. You probably get, you know, sort of pigeonholed no matter what you do. But in a weird way, there's only so many dollars out there available for not profits You're competing for those dollars even with maybe some of the organizations that can't just rely 100% on you. They've got to go out and fundraise as well. How the How the heck does that work?
0: It's, it's a, it's a, there's a great synergy between us and our 32 partner agencies because rarely does a person have a single need. And so when they come looking for assistance, they may need help with rent and utilities. They may need help with health care. Say they're a working uninsured individual. Salvis Center in Gallatin serves that population and is one of our partner agencies. They may also need some low-cost uh, child care or preschool for their children. We fund two different um sliding scale preschools for low-income families. So when our, our partner agencies talk to each other, they network with each other because many times they're all serving an individual client is going to four or five of our partner agencies to get I different see. services. So you, there is competition for dollars, but through the United Way system, We're trying to present a holistic approach and make sure that we've got services available that meet a a whole range of needs for people. And so our partner agencies don't view each other as competitors. They don't view us as a competitor because we're all working at the same goal of trying to strengthen the community.
1: Well, that's good. So do you... um how often do you get together with your partner agencies then? I mean is it a do you ever have one big meeting or do you, quarterly. Well, you do when you're you know they're pitching to 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 get funds? We do but, quarterly
0: networking meetings with okay. our directors of our partner agencies where we get them up to speed on what's going on with us. They okay. can share things back to us. Well, it's a good
1: thing you do that because if uh, maybe your funds are down, you can can give it an extra push. And uh, if things are going better than you expected, then, okay, maybe there's some other things we can help with.
0: Well, and we cross-promote each other's events and those kinds of things. If somebody has an event, a fundraiser that they need some assistance with with a volunteer, you know, one of us on our team will go help them. We have individuals from partner agencies help us with our events. You know, a golf tournament and our gala, they take a lot of volunteers to make those things happen. We have agency directors and agency employees say, let us come volunteer at your event to help you because you've helped us with Man, this. Man, that's so, cool. It's How a,
1: nice is that to have, you know, just so you can rely on people to help you?
0: It is. And that's, that's, that's the beauty of this network that we're in is that we're all focused on the same thing and everybody helps everybody else try to accomplish that goal of improving the community. I'm not sure it's that way everywhere. And it may not be, but that's what works for us, and we're blessed to be in that situation and have that kind of partners, and we do pretty pretty much across the board. That's nice.
1: Well, Steve, when you first started this, until you really got comfortable with what you were doing and could talk with some sort of uh, – and I don't want to say authority, but with some sort of uh, – you know, confident knowledge that you knew what you were talking about. And, you know, know, what was the learning curve for you between when you started and really got a good grip on the organization, know exactly what your role is?
0: It probably took about three years to Mm -hmm. to really learn the terminology because it was a whole different language in fundraising and in um, social services, which is basically what we're funding with our partner agencies or different types of um, health and human service assistance programs. So to learn what the needs were. You know, I had seen a lot of that in the school system. I would hear stories from the classroom of students that would come in hungry every day or students who had to wear the same clothes to school every day for two Mm -hmm. weeks. So I knew there were needs in the community. I'd heard and seen those when I was working in Sumner County Schools. But to come to United Way and be a part of finding the solutions to those things. Yeah, so if
1: you hear of something like that, for example, and, and they haven't reached out to you yet, but you know there's something there. Um, do you then call the agency that you know? Hey, you know what? You might want to just look at this kid or whatever because I think they need help and they have. There is asked a it.
0: great system within Sumner County Schools um, to. I mean, not uh, to in handle a clandestine
1: way, but to genuinely help them. Sure, you know what I mean.
0: Well, Sumner County Schools has a what's called a Family Resource Center. It's run by a retired principal, Mr. Mike Shelton, and guidance counselors in every school are on the lookout for students who oh, are yeah. standing out in the cold at the bus stop because they don't have a coat. Yeah. Come to school. They know
1: the lay of the land. I'm sure. Yeah.
0: And guidance counselors will identify a student. They'll figure out what their clothing sizes are. They'll get word to the family resource center, and discreetly, maybe not clandestine, but discreetly.
1: Yeah, that's a better word. <laughs> send a
0: send a care package up to that student that's got clothes and uh, toiletries, and we helped prepare over 1,300 backpacks for students in and need that, last that's year. That's
1: just really people who can't help themselves and you're there and you know and you you can detect these things ahead of time but we talked is, about the
0: involvement of the school system with their united way campaign the people in summer county schools know that many of the faces looking back at them in their classrooms are those being assisted by united way programs
1: isn't that interesting And with your experience in the school s- corporation that had to really help you it did just and knowing it, that and who to talk to and having those relationships
0: absolutely yeah it was invaluable yeah, Well, we are talking with
1: Steve Deremus, and we're uh, coming up on, on our last segment. So we're going to come back right after these messages and talk with them a little more. We appreciate uh, F&M Bank being our sponsor for Sumner County Spotlight every Sunday morning on WHIN. They are at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard. If you haven't had a chance to go by and check out their unbelievable building, it's gorgeous. Or you can uh, just check them out at myfmbank.com. We are back with our final segment with Sumner County Spotlight this Sunday morning with Steve Doremus, our guest today. He's the executive director of the United Way of Sumner County, also a former newspaper and radio guy, by the way.
0: <laughs> a lot of things on that resume. <laughs> yeah,
1: but for the last several years at uh, at the United Way of Sumner County. And um, Steve, so we've Boy, everybody's gotten a very good deep dive into what you do, and not just you, but I mean the, the organization. Um, now I think we need to talk about how they can get a hold of you, uh, um, either in ways to donate or help, or if they need help. Uh, and also the corporate uh, community as well, and, and partnerships with them. So let's start with the individual. We, I'm an individual. My office, uh, my, my place of business does not offer payroll deductions. How can I give?
0: The portal to everything about our United Way is our website, which is unitedwaysumner.org. You can go there and give online. There's a donate button at the top of the page. You can do that. But there's a give page that tells you different options. You can mail us a check. You can send us a pledge card and say, remind me every month to send you a check. Right. Or I mean, you quarter. may want to
1: donate, but you can't do it right now. Fine. Yeah. Start in April. Start in May. Whatever. Absolutely.
0: So all of that's available through our website. The opportunities for online giving and and Donating through various ways. We just started Venmo. We now have a way for people to give through Venmo, which Mm -hmm. being an old guy, I don't know anything about. But (laughs) folks on the team in our office uh, are all all about Venmo. So we've instituted that. So we'll start promoting you know, what the hashtag or the, or the language is you have to type into Venmo to give to us that way. So mm-hmm. all of those things are evolving constantly. But still, the best way to give, mail us a check. Uh, our, our mailing address is on the website. Or click that Donate button, give by a secure credit card donation so all of that's available. We've got about 4100 donors in this county wow. of nearly 200,000 people. So there's a lot of opportunity out there for folks to get involved with us that haven't and, done and so before. And it doesn't
1: have to be a ton. It, it doesn't. doesn't. Every I mean, dollar but really does. Imagine doesn't. if the 4100 was 8200 and it was 10 bucks piece or something. I mean, the money it
0: just really mounts up if you can help out. Absolutely. And we encourage people to get involved with us. If you're not sure about us, Give us a call. Talk to us. If you want to steer your donation towards a particular partner agency or a particular focus area, say I want my donation to go towards uh, improving education. Well, so we can
1: direct your donations. Absolutely, too. we've yeah.
0: got a dozen agencies that that work in the education areas. We'll, we'll absolutely send your money that direction if that's what you want. We'll honor any designation to a uh, legitimate five hundred one c three nonprofit organization. We'd love for you to give to us our general fund so we can distribute it based on the needs. But if you want to send it to a particular partner agency or even a non-partner agency,
1: you can take care of that form.
0: Absolutely. That's a part of our pledge form. You can put on there. I designate to this. If you work here in Sumner County and you want to give to our United Way, but you want your donation to go back to your home community. So you live in Williamson County or Wilson County or Robertson County. You can do that as well. Wow, so that's we, a lot
1: of flexibility. It though. is. Yeah. It is. So uh and of course your big thing coming up. We should talk about the gala again, which is coming up in March.
0: March sixth. We're still looking for sponsors with that. Some great opportunities out there for businesses to get involved, get some promotion as one of our sponsors, but also to make a difference in the community. Most of our sponsorship packages, which run from five hundred to five thousand dollars, include seats at the gala, come and network with our donors and our leadership and our friends in the community that come out for that big fun night. And uh, promote your business that way as well. Yeah. So exactly. we're always looking for people to get involved with.
1: us. And I'm sure you'd take some auction items if you're an artist out there, or you're a musician, or you're uh, a sports figure. And, and there's lots of them around here. Um, could always use your help.
0: Absolutely. If anybody knows Joseph Newgarden, we'd love to get something from <laughs> yeah. him, the IndyCar driver. But yeah, yeah uh, our auction has a has a great collection of items every year. So we're still building that up. Give us a call at our office if you want to donate something. We'll come pick it up. Uh, our office number is six one five. Four six one, eight three seven one, or you can email us at um, I'm Steve at United Way Sumner.org. Now, folks, want to follow what we're doing? We're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, we're on Instagram. Just go to that's those, a
1: lot to do for four people.
0: <laughs> just go to one of those sites, and after you put whatever it is.com, put the slash United Way Sumner. That's our tagline for all three of those social media outlets. So, okay. Facebook.com United Way Sumner, Twitter.com slash United Way Summer or Instagram, same way.
1: And if you're a business owner out there, large or small, and you've always, you know, I think every business owner in their mind and in their heart think about what they could do, but they either don't have the time uh, or the organizational skills to mess with it, but they know it's important and they want to help. Um, you know, it doesn't always have to be cash. It could be a partnership. Like you said, you've, get, you've got your venue being donated. These things seem like, not a lot but that venue let's just take your gala the venue being donated is a vehicle for you to raise forty five thousand dollars absolutely that is a big big deal because the venue might cost you five or ten grand who knows oh yeah so um there are ways other than cash or just partnering with you to help get the word out or to expose them to your employee force or uh or or cash donations so um if i'm a corporation or or a corporate citizen or a small business owner can I just call you and we can just have this discussion because I may not know what I want, but Absolutely. I know I want to help. What?
0: Because you know our call to action is give, advocate, volunteer. You don't have to write a check. You don't have to give money. We can help set you up or your employees from your business with a volunteer opportunity to give back to the community that way. See your return on investment that way. And we always want people to go out and talk about us. So come see what our partner agencies do, see what we do, and then go forth in the community and share that information, share that message with others. Give Advocate Volunteer is what we're all about. Our partners don't all give money. Many of them provide volunteers. Many of them help us spread the word about what we're doing. It takes all of that working together to accomplish the goal of creating positive change throughout Sumner County.
1: All right. Well, Steve, we appreciate the time. One more time, the website and your phone number, just so that's the last thing we leave them with.
0: The website is www.unitedwaysumner.org, and our phone number is 615 461 8371 we'd love to hear from you
1: well we enjoy talking with you getting to know you and all the good work and uh that you guys do and we really appreciate you spending the time with i appreciate
0: us. the opportunity it's always great to be here
1: all right thank you steve daremus executive director of united way of sumner county and uh, we appreciate his time this morning and we appreciate you spending your sunday morning with us and we'll be back again next sunday at 10 a.m uh, brought to you by fnm bank at myfmbank.com and 221 indian lake boulevard this is sumner county spotlight and we'll talk to you next week
0: Sumner County Spotlight has been brought to you exclusively by FNM Bank, 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville. Whether you need personal banking, banking for your business, or even home mortgages, FNM Bank can provide you with excellent service right here in Sumner County. Visit them today at myfmbank.com. Sumner County Spotlight will return next Sunday at 10 a.m. Thanks for listening.